Good morning, my friends. Well, I don't know if it's morning for you. It's morning for me. It's 7.34 a.m. on a Tuesday, December 6th, while I'm recording this. I just brought Jordan to school, and I sat down and poured myself a cup of coffee in my Starbucks Christmas mug. Uh, this time of the year, by the way, I brew um, Starbucks Thanksgiving blend. I buy a bag of it uh, before Thanksgiving. And uh, I use it very sparingly <laughs> throughout the holiday season. It's one of my favorite uh, blends. I'm almost at the end of the bag, which is sad. Uh, but then it'll be time maybe to get a bag of Christmas blend, you know, and use that uh, throughout the rest of the holiday season. Anyway, why am I telling you about my coffee? I don't know. Uh, but it's 7.30 in the morning, so good morning. <laughs> and welcome to the What If Project podcast. Uh, my name is Glenn. I am the host of the show, if you're new here Uh, Thank you for stopping by. Uh, This is episode number 234, and we're talking to Liz Petters today, who is uh, the co-host of the podcast, The Deconstructing Mamas Podcast, and a really good show, lots of great topics, lots of great guests. Uh, Go listen to it. Pause. Pause pause and go listen. Give it a listen, and then come back and listen to some of Liz's uh, story. Liz is going to tell us her story of deconstruction. And uh, it's a very unique story. She has a very unique story, uh, unique uh, background, unique pieces to her story. Uh, she's the daughter of Pete Enns, who is a Bible scholar. He's been on the show before. Uh, he's written a lot of books. And so we talk about like that relationship because he's a Bible scholar who has and is deconstructing his own faith she's deconstructing her faith. Like, what was that like, right? Because a lot of us, a lot of people start asking questions and their parents who aren't Bible scholars, (laughs) right? Like freak out. And there's a lot of people who uh, are disowned by their families. A lot of people who are still welcome to come back, but they're made to feel very unwelcome. A lot of awkward Christmas dinners. Uh, You know, you're like the black sheep of the family. And so I asked Liz, like, what was it like for you to have a father who's a Bible scholar who knows some things to also be asking the same questions that you're asking? You know, like, what's that been like? And then we talk about the topic of anxiety and the anxiety that faith can cause, especially in children. Uh, Liz and I have a similar story in that we were both brought up in a very uh, conservative, like evangelical kind of world. And there's a lot of theology in there that I think people just take for granted. Oh, this is just what people believe. But for kids, it can be very traumatizing, right? Stuff about hell, right? Like burning forever, torture. Uh, You know, stories in the Old Testament about God, like commanding genocide and all these different kind of things. The rapture, right? Like being left behind. Like all this different stuff creates a lot of anxiety in children, especially if it's not stewarded well in the way that it's presented to them, right? Like for me and for Liz, like just the way that it was presented, the the things that we were left to think about, like in our own young minds that are just, you know, barely developing, like there's a lot there to try to process. And so she talks about the anxiety that I created in her as a kid that carried over to uh, adulthood. So we cover a lot of ground in this podcast and she's just a really great human being doing really incredible things. She has a a wonderful voice that she's using to really bring healing to people who have been traumatized uh, by the church, 
and by things of faith and all different sorts of things. So please go listen to our podcast. Uh, really good stuff. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's almost the end of the year. And we're coming up at the end of the year. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to uh, Bruce Epperly uh, about incarnation and some Christmas type things. And then the following week uh, will be the last podcast of the of the year. Uh, the 26th, we'll be talking to uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist. She'll be on the show talking about her uh, new book that is coming out today, uh, December 6th, the day that I'm recording this. The book is out in the wild. It's a workbook. I think it's called How to Heal Yourself or something like that. So she'll be coming on to talk about that. And then uh, January 2nd will be the first episode of season six of the show. And it'll just be me. Me and the mic. <laughs> state it's called it's called the state of the podcast address. We'll be talking about some different things regarding the podcast, uh, kind of a refresher of where we've been, where where it all came from for for a lot of the new people who are listening. Uh, kind of a little history of the podcast. Talk about some behind the scenes stuff, where we're going, where we're headed, all different things like that. And then on the on the uh, ninth, which is the following week, we'll start back in with some interviews and we'll just keep on keep on rolling but uh, anyway i'll put all the links in the show notes for liz all the links in the show notes for patreon if you want to support the show uh, join a community that's the place where you can do that uh, patreon.com slash what if project a uh, link to my book rethinking everything uh, the story of my spiritual journey from black and white fundamentalist thinking to a great wide world of color <laughs> that we're in these days uh, so all the links are in the show notes. But thanks for stopping by. Thanks for being here. Episode number 234 with Liz Petters. Enjoy. Yeah. Wake up. Get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee. Got this money on my mind. The sun ain't always shining, but it's brighter days ahead. It gonna get started. We can do what we want to wake up. Wake up. Get your morning started. Drinking daily coffee. Got this money on my mind. The sun ain't always shining, but it's brighter days ahead. Got myself to see the big picture. You not alone, I'm right there with ya. Trust me, get up. Guess I gotta be more stricter. Keep my head up, getting more slicker. I know, yeah. Gotta move my feet, put in the motion. I know that every door I walk up to is bound to open. Wish it all could be so easy, I insert a token. Hit that thing on both sides, if the size is broken. Move on, oven cooking, I be on the slow grind. Anything I put my mind up to, I'm bound to be mine. Best to get it by my way, follow suit and follow the line. Hope you got it, hope you get it. Go and check the guidelines, yo. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are joined by my friend Elizabeth Petters, who is the co-host of the Deconstructed Mamas podcast, all around amazing human beings. So Liz, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I love this tough stuff, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so according to your Twitter account, you also go by another name around your house, right? Mr. Skinny Legs, is that true? <laughs> my daughter has like <laughs> entered this phase where she just wants to like insult me. So yes. if I don't let her do something or, you know, whatever, she wants to insult me. And so the other day she called me Mr. Skinny Legs and I like had to go in the other room and laugh because it was just so random and so funny. Um, so she's like creatively um, verbally abusing me on the daily. That's but... the best. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder like, where do they pick this stuff up from? Because my daughter will say something. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where did no you get idea. that from? 
<laughs> I have no idea. It's the most random things. It's so funny. It's like I'm proud of you because that's a really good dig. But <laughs> right, at the same yes. time, you did it to me, and I don't know how <laughs> I feel so about true. it. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, so funny. So what I want to do today is I want to dig a little bit into your story of deconstruction and reconstruction and all the things because your story is, I think, really unique for like a number of different reasons. And the vulnerability that you bring to your story when you share it with others on your podcast and social media, I think is really outstanding. And so maybe we could just start a little bit with your story. You know, tell us a little bit about uh, Liz Petters, take us into your spiritual story. However deep you want to go down the rabbit hole, I'm happy to follow. I'm not scared to go down there, but of where you were <laughs> and of where you are and a little bit of the journey that took you from there to here. Yeah. I love rabbit holes. Um, yes. so, you know, <laughs> Esther, my co-host keeps me on track usually when we're interviewing other people, but I always end up down some rabbit hole with them. <laughs> um, so I'm sure we will go there. Uh, Wonderful. so I grew up in a pretty, um, pretty strict evangelical home. Mm -hmm. Most of you probably know my dad, Pete ends. Um, and you know, he shared a lot about his story, um, and how he's grown. So when I was little, um, he was still largely in that conservative, um, church and kind of conservative lifestyle. And so our, as kids, you know, we were raised that way. Um, so I grew up kind of knowing your typical Bible stories and, um, but I remember always kind of having questions. So I think as a little kid, I was already deconstructing. You were that Didn't really kid. understand how, like, <laughs> I was totally that kid. Um, yeah. Didn't really understand, like, why, you know, how God was so loving if, you know, he was a drown, drowning, like, Egyptians in the Red Sea and mm -hmm. Noah's Ark was happening, right? Like, these things didn't make sense to me. It's a cute Bible so, story. Yeah. It's, like, really sweet. Yeah, one that I <laughs> definitely will be reading my children, not. Um but, you know, so I just always had questions um, and looking back, I'm like, gosh, that was really probably anxiety provoking for me as a mm. kid to be like, you know, questioning some of those things. Um, so I really developed an anxiety disorder pretty young and whether that's kind of faith based or genetics or probably a whole host of things altogether. I'm a very mm. empathetic person. So all of this, those things kind of came together. Um, and I spent a lot of my younger life um, just like in a lot of emotional pain. Mm. Um, and just really, really struggling. And, um, as I hit like my teen years, you know, I was still much like in this kind of evangelical setting and I was praying very hard that mm. God would take my pain away, that I would somehow be fixed. Um, and it led to a lot of disappointment in my relationship with God, because I was mm. like, why is God letting me suffer like this? Um, I don't want to be alive anymore. Really just like a really, really hard time for mm. me. Um, and so I was just, I don't think I really realized it, but I was, um, like largely deconstructing, I think at that point. Mm. Um, but in my head, I'm thinking like, I'm just not, I don't have enough faith. I'm not praying enough or I'm not, yeah. you know, not hitting the right buttons on the vending machine. I'm not hitting the right, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm not, something's not right because God would yeah. save me if I was doing the right things. And so, yeah. I mean, I think that contributed a lot to anxiety. Um, and so like fast forward, I'm 16. I uh, developed a pretty severe eating disorder, stopped going to school. Um, just anxiety just took over my life, anxiety and depression. And so yeah. My parents ended up sending me to like a wilderness camp and then to um, a therapeutic boarding school. And around that time, I started to really realize my faith was important to me, but not a lot of the theologies that I had learned. Mm. So I kind of started to to unpack this idea that like I believed in God, right, or some divine power, mm. um, and I liked believing in that, mm. but I no longer 
was subscribing to the idea of hell as a literal place of torment. You know, I no longer felt like some of the things that I had learned and grown up with made sense for the mm -hmm. God that I was experiencing. And so that really kind of started this journey of deconstructing. I went to a small Christian college. I was like, wow, I don't fit in here at all. <laughs> right? Like, I don't belong here. Right. Um, so it just kind of like started kind of tumbling after each other. And um, but it's really probably been in the last five years or so that I've really, um, you know, we left our church and obviously I started this podcast with Esther. And so I've become more and more vocal about some of my um, deconstruction journey and some of the things that I believe and don't believe. And so mm. it's created this sort of scenario where people are like, oh, we now, like I'm exposed, right? Like now people know where I am and what I think and what I believe. And so um, it's a lot more out in the open than it was, but I really think largely I've been doing this for most of my life. So the anxiety piece, can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Because specifically about reflecting back on your life, like how have you seen connections between your anxiety, maybe some of the things that you were taught regarding God? And I asked that because as I mentioned in our email exchange, I don't think people who, who didn't grow up in an evangelical, more fundamentalist setting grasp how traumatizing some of the things that kids are told about God that adults just think, well, it's just the way that it is. I mean, it is what it is, but you talk about like Noah's Ark, right. And about all these people drowning You talk about hell and people burning forever. Like that's traumatizing things for kids. So like, what kind of, what did that anxiety look like for you as a kid, as you look back on it and how did it kind of carry its way into adulthood? Yeah. It's interesting because I actually just in the last couple of years have really started to realize the connection between my faith and my anxieties mm -hmm. and my faith and um, just kind of who I am as a person. Um, one of the main things I think that's contributed to my anxiety is this kind of idea of dying to self and mm -hmm. not knowing yourself um, at all because you are not important, right? Mm -hmm. Like the only thing that's important is God and loving other people and you sacrifice yourself on that altar forever yep. and ever and ever. Yep. And so now, right at 32, I have two kids and I'm like, I don't know how to love myself or take care of myself or if I'm even worthy of those things, right? Yeah. And that's so detrimental um, because even with things just as small as like fueling my body, right? Resting my body, mm -hmm. um, all of those things, I just, I just, I don't know how to do them really. Yeah. And, um, you know, it might sound extreme to kind of like put that all on my faith journey, but mm -hmm. so much of it is because my entire life, I was just taught that I, I was a sinner, right? Like I did not know what I needed and what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Most desires that I had were evil. Right. And so there's this lack of connection with self. Um, and that has been huge for me. That's probably like the number one main thing um, that has um, that I've carried from my faith. That's been really, really harmful. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, there's there's obviously there's kind of the more obvious things like hell. Right. Mm -hmm. Like how traumatizing is that to grow up constantly wondering if you're going to end up burning forever? in with some evil guy with horns, you know, and as a kid, right? Like some of you guys might know it's kind of saying the prayer every night before bed. Cause you're afraid that you didn't say it right. And you got to yep. say it right. So that you don't yep. end up in hell. Yep. Um, and you have to save your friends, right? Like what a lot of pressure on like an eight year old to go to school and witness to her friends. Cause she doesn't want her friends to end up in hell. Yeah. Like she wants them to end up in heaven with her. And so 
it's just a lot there's a lot of pressure there and just and a lot of fear um a lot a lot of fear and like you said there's bible stories that kind of corroborate those fears um you know abraham and isaac you know, where Abraham's like sacrificing Isaac on this altar, you know, and as a kid, you're like, okay, so if my parents follow God enough, <laughs> right. they could kill me, right? Yeah. Or, I mean, or as, you know, as an older person myself saying like, okay, well, if I love God enough, I'd be willing to do anything for him, yep. even yep. if it's hurting someone I like, that is so, so, so messed up. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I could really forever, I think, in terms of how these little things have affected me. Um, but the main thing that I'm learning is this sort of idea of dying to self and mm. not knowing myself has been incredibly detrimental. And as I've gone on this journey of finding myself, I feel like I've found God and I'm realizing that like God is like within me, right? This yeah. like all loving being is like within me. And so when I seek myself, it kind of comes full circle and I find myself more grounded and, it, yeah. you know, but you just, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things could talk about in terms of like traumatizing things growing up with church and God and school. Like I went to a private Christian school. And so we had in sixth grade, I was what, like 11, we did a whole segment. I'll never forget. It was like three or four months on the book of revelation. And first of all, yeah, I mean, and and it was like, you know, it's presented like as a left behind kind of scenario. So like, this is the the mentality that the teacher was coming at it from. I'll never forget, we watched this movie from, I think it was made like in the 70s. It was called, uh, I don't remember what it was called, but the song and it was You've Been Left Behind. And it was like this whole thing about like how, you know, like a wife wakes up and her husband's gone. You've been left behind. Like you wish you had more time. You wish you could go back. And like, I remember literally waking up in the middle of the night having, having nightmares, but I was afraid to tell my parents because I was afraid that, well, maybe my parents aren't saved. And if they know that I'm upset, they'll just tell me they are and it won't be true. Hmm. And so then they're going to end up in hell or Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take me, but not them. So I have to try to figure out how can I like magically go around the system to try to figure out if they're saved or not. Like these are the things going in my head, like while I'm lying in bed as an 11 year old. And then I grew up having, I felt like I had like real attachment issues. Like I'm always afraid that like people are going to leave me, you know, like I'm going to be left Mm. by myself. And like, I I feel like with all the work I've done, I feel like a lot of it goes back to those moments of really being told and made to be afraid that like, if I don't get these people saved, I'm going to spend eternity without them. And somehow I'm going to be happy about it because I'm going to go to heaven and heaven's this great place where everybody's smiling. And I guess it's not going to bother me that much. It's all so confusing, right? Yeah, it's so confusing. And I think too, like my daughter is, she's five. So she's really Mm -hmm. asking a lot of questions right now about things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we don't, we have, we've chosen not to read the Bible to our kids and we don't really talk about Bible stories. That's just Mm -hmm. kind of like what we've, um, you know, we just don't feel like the Bible is age appropriate. So Mm -hmm. we have not like done that. Um, But my daughter asks a lot of questions about God because we do talk about God and we do Mm -hmm. talk about Jesus because I Mm -hmm. still identify very much as Christian. Um, We have a nativity. My daughter's obsessed with baby Jesus. She carries him around, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she asks these questions. And I, you know, if I would say to my daughter, she asked me the other day, um, you know, if I when I go to heaven, will you be there with me? Right. Mm -hmm. She asks me and Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine saying to her, well, um, we both have to say the prayer and we both have to ask Jesus in our heart or we're not going to be, I'm like, what the, like, no way I'm saying to her, like, absolutely. Like, I believe that we will be together forever. 
what yeah. does that mean? I have no idea. Like, what is, you know what I mean? Does that mean that we're matter in a different dimension? Does that mean, like, I don't know what heaven is, right? Yeah. Um, but I believe that. And so that's what I share with her. And I just can't imagine giving her an answer, an adult answer, you know yeah. what I mean? To such a big question. But that is what you and I and others like us were getting as children, these huge adult answers that were terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we're having the same, similar kind of conversations with our daughter because she'll ask some questions like about heaven and she'll ask about like, where where is heaven and things like that. And I've been going like the route of how Jesus says in the gospels, I forget which gospel it is, but he says like heaven is all around you. Then there's that line mm -hmm. in the gospel of Thomas that heaven is within you. And so I've been telling her, mm -hmm. I said, I believe, I was like, I don't know where heaven is. I don't know what it is. I said, but I believe that it's all around us and it's within us. And I mm -hmm. said like, no, she we we lost um, her great grandma uh, a couple of years ago. We've lost some of her pets and things like that over the years. So we talk about she's like, well, if heaven's all around me within me, does that mean that like great grandma is within me? And I said, I think so. I think there's a part of great grandma mm -hmm. that lives within you. I said, I think there's a part of great grandma that's yeah. all around you. And I think that it's like those kinds of things I think are so comforting to a child. And like you said, like I can't imagine saying to her, yeah. I don't know. You know, like it depends if great grandma <laughs> said the prayer, you know, that kind of thing. Like, it's just so, right. but like, that was so normal to me growing up that that's, and that's what we were told. And I'm just realizing how, how difficult it is. So to your point, I mean, talking to kids about, about this stuff, I think is, is super important. I think it's important to think through it. Yeah. Well, I love how you said, I think, and I believe, right? Yeah. Like even just putting that preface on something, like I say that, like, this is what I believe, Lila, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Or like, what do you think about this? Like, this is what I believe, but what do you think about heaven? Yeah. Um, It's so important because, you know, as a child being able, you know, being able to think things through for yourself and not have things just kind of dumped on you yeah. is just really, really super important. It's hard because I mean, coming from the world we came from, it was like a world of answers. And so now yes. I, have to, I find myself having to check myself because like she'll ask me a question and I'm like, crap, like, I, what am I going to say? Like, how am I going <laughs> to answer this? Like, I'm thinking about my theology books. I'm thinking about this and that. Then there's a part of me that says, wait a minute. Like, it's okay to say, I don't know, you know, like, mm -hmm. what, what do you think? And kind of put it back on her. I think it's, it's okay to have those conversations. And that's something that in this new life that I'm living and evolving into, like, that's a normal part of things. But in the past, like that would have been a, no, no. Then why do I have all these degrees? Why did I go to school? Why did I read all this stuff? And if I don't have the answers, right. if I can't answer a five-year-old question, what do I really know about my faith? So yeah, that's really yeah. good. All right. So another question I had for you, and you might have talked about this somewhere. I'm not sure if you mentioned this on your podcast or maybe um, you've written it somewhere, but you probably have, but I have no idea what you're going to say. But I'm really curious about uh, kind of the the way that you and your dad have interacted through this whole process because you've mentioned in other places that you guys kind of started being maybe more vocal about things kind of like or somewhere around the same time or maybe you first him first i don't really know the, the the timeline but you guys are both kind of on the same journey so i'm wondering like what has that been like for you to have a parent who is on a similar journey and who is an accomplished bible scholar like has that been a, a help to you because i imagine and i could be off base like i'm making a massive assumption but like, I imagine that it would make you feel maybe a little bit less lonely or at least a little bit less crazy to know that, like, somebody else who has all this knowledge, you know, has these degrees on this stuff is asking the same kinds of questions as you. Like, what has that dynamic been like for you and him? 
Yeah. I mean, I do not take for granted that <clears throat> I have a parent who is deconstructing, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, so many of the people that I talk to and friends of mine, their parents are just not on the same page. They've had to cut their relationship with their parents um, or they're just kind of walking through this really, um, you know, shallow relationship with them because that's all yeah. they can do. So yeah. I'm very, very thankful um, that, you know, my dad is who he is and that we are able to have a lot of conversations about um, what we think and feel. And I've also learned a lot from him, obviously, mm -hmm. right? He's, um, he knows some stuff. And so I've learned- He has the God-ordained podcast, the only he one. Well, he does. I mean, we're catching up to him, but um, <laughs> for now, right. for now. Um, enjoy so, while it lasts, Pete. Enjoy while it lasts, Pete. Yeah, I tell him that all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I am really thankful. Mm -hmm. um, it's been interesting because um, I think the biggest thing has been like, my dad, you know, obviously growing up, we kind of, we were parented in this sort of specific direction and then watching the way that things have changed for him or more obviously changed for him has been really interesting. And part of our journey has, I think, been, I don't want to speak for my dad, but like him being able to kind of realize why he did things the way that he did and then allow himself to evolve and not kind of shame himself for the ways that he had parented us before mm. or the things that he had maybe introduced us to or you know whatever um which i think is just in a really important like piece of it because i i couldn't really talk openly about some of the pain that i've been in right mm. from from being a part of like an evangelical church um if my dad wasn't really able to kind of own some of that for himself. And so that's yeah. been really important for me. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I'm an open book. I talk about stuff, you know, I, I just, I don't think I have a filter really. Um, so I just talk about whatever I want to talk about and um, to be able to do that and, um, you know, know that my dad is able to handle that has been mm -hmm. like really huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we do, um, my dad and I both have kind of fallen into this same area. Um, you know, I'm very like interested in the idea of faith and deconstruction and people finding healing and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's kind of cool in that way too. Like we've sort of fallen into the same like profession, I guess, if you will, mm -hmm. um, which has been just a really cool like bond that we've had. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's- Yeah, it's, no, it's for sure. Cool. And that's what, I, that's what I was, that's the assumption I was making. And I'm also curious, like, are there, what have been, what have been some of like the bigger topics that you've had discussions with him about? Like, has there ever been, has there been like an instance where it was like, neither one of you really knew where to land on a particular issue where you mm -hmm. just kind of like, I don't know, like for instance, hell kind of thing. Like, did you ever have like a conversation about like a major doctrine or theology that you were both kind of hung up on? And you just kind of ended with, I don't really know where to, where to go with it. That's really interesting. You know, we kind of have these random conversations. I mean, I sometimes will, will ask my dad specific questions about specific things mm -hmm. in the Bible that, I mean, less so now because I have no time for anything. But, um, you know, <laughs> when I used to like actually read stuff, um, I would ask him questions and we'd have some kind of mini discussions about things. Mm -hmm. Um, so there have been times where, you know, like that has happened. I think my dad more so than not has like watched me interact with my children. So like mm -hmm. he was visiting the other day and Lila was asking me questions about hell and death and dying. And so I was kind of answering some of those no questions. Pressure. Jeez. No pressure. Yeah, right. No pressure. And, um, you know, he was there while she was asking them. And afterward, he said, well, it was like really cool to watch you navigate that. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of that. My dad sometimes will bring things to my attention. Um, like at the beach a couple years ago, 
he had just finished reading some book about quantum physics and I don't remember which one it was. Um, but we had this whole conversation about like quantum physics, mm. which isn't something that I would necessarily like dive into on my own, you know, um, cause I'm usually like, I'm okay with not knowing some of that stuff, you know, sure. but my dad loves it and is interested in it. And so like he brought it up and we were talking about it and it was a really good conversation. So I don't know if we talk as much about, um, you know, like where we fall on certain mm. things really. Um, but we do have conversations often um about things so um maybe i need to utilize that more maybe we need to talk more about where we fall on things <laughs> i feel like i'd have them on speed dial <laughs> so funny so funny yeah i mean it's interesting though because you know having my dad you know some of like, part of i think having my dad be who he is mm -hmm. um for myself has been like finding my voice outside of him yeah and yeah. you know realizing that like i respect my dad so much and there's a lot of things that i go to my dad for mm -hmm. um not just theology stuff but like fixing my toilet and like a lot of things i go to my dad for right mm -hmm. but then who am i outside of that what is my value to the deconstructing world and the faith world and being able to find that so there's a lot of things that i rely on my dad on but then there's also a lot of things that i want to do for me which he really respects and i love that so i was writing mm -hmm. a chapter um for a book uh, a book actually about deconstructing hell mm -hmm. and um i sent him the manuscript and i said i want you to read this and i want your overall thoughts but i don't want you to edit it mm. like i just want that's what i want from you mm. and he read it and he gave me his thoughts and it was really great um but being able to have like a little bit of separation at the same time has been really big and also like really empowering for me mm. um because when you grow up with a parent who is very much like in the limelight for you know whatever it is um establishing your own spot especially if you're in that like same kind of profession mm -hmm. has been really huge for me and my yeah. dad's very supportive you know like he wants me to get out there and do my own thing and which is great yeah that was actually going to be my follow-up question was going to mm -hmm. be about that very thing about like standing do you ever feel like you're standing in the shadow kind of thing of like this Bible scholar? Because like you said, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it could be very easy to be known as Pete N's daughter when in reality yeah. you're Liz Petters and you're somebody right. who's doing similar work, but I think it's in a much, you're in, a, you're in the same arena, but you're playing like in a, in a different area. Like you're, you're doing right. the same kind of thing, but you're bringing your own voice to it and stuff like that. So I've noticed just in watching you um, on social media and things like that, that your voice is very different your father so i was going to ask you maybe you can even go a little bit deeper into it like what yeah. has it been like for you to how have you developed that voice because there's a lot of people who are listening who are trying to find their voice and trying to utilize their voice in social media and things like that so what does that process look like for you from the point where you're like i think i'm gonna do this podcast <laughs> to kind of where you are now where you're talking about things you're putting things out there putting ideas out there that kind of stuff yeah, it goes back a lot to like learning to love myself, what mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, right? And learning yep. to trust myself, which is still such a battle. I'm not sitting here like, I trust myself all the time. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, it's really hard for me, but um, that has been huge. Like being able to trust my value as a person and being able to trust my voice and the things that I say has been really big. Um, but, you know, I think noticing the differences between my dad and I, like you mm -hmm. said, I'm very empathetic. I'm very... Um, 
like kind and caring not that my dad is not kind and caring, <laughs> but like mean <laughs> he's horrible but i'm like very very like emotional right mm -hmm. that's sure. kind of like part of my thing so mm -hmm. something that is so important to me is people finding like love and healing in this like new idea of god mm -hmm. um and my dad wants that too but he's way more on like the academic side of things yeah. right and so yeah. we're we are very different and i think for me leaning into that like leaning into who i am and what i want people to know um has been like really really big for me um and also just being really vulnerable like people just mm -hmm. want to know the things like they just yep. really do and yep. they can pick out if you're just like putting things out there just to put things out there and if you're being like really vulnerable or not and so um i try to be vulnerable i mean i don't really um utilize like algorithms and like i just don't like that's great <laughs> and wonderful and um esther's really good at that my co-host but i just post things when i feel like it and yep. i just you know Me i'm too. very like <laughs> la 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 like this is how i'm feeling but it works it just works for me and it's you know that's what I want people to experience from me. So, but finding my own voice, like finding my own voice and finding who I am. And um, it's tricky, but like leaning into myself, just like leaning into myself as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, I think just looking back on my own story, like it's, you know, my voice was always insignificant. You know, there's always this, always there was always this encouragement to find your voice, but you could only use it within certain boundaries and certain confines. And once you kind of pushed those boundaries and explored outside of those areas, uh, it was time to shut your voice down. And so that was kind of where I was, was trying to, I was in this world where like, I didn't want to use my voice too much because then it's going to like overpower God's voice. And it's going to be, it's going to, you're going to be focused too much on you and what, what you think and what you want and things like that. But it took a while. Like it took a lot of, I feel like soul work to kind of dig into myself and find that voice of like my inner child, so to speak. And call him out and say like it's okay to come out here and play and it's okay to come out here and express your thoughts like your thoughts matter your voice matters and i think that the more i did that work the more comfortable i became in doing some of the things that that i do uh, yeah. as well so it seems like we're on a, on a similar wavelength but on that note like what are your thoughts one of the things i like to ask people who are deconstructing and rethinking things are what are your thoughts about like the two big things jesus and the bible so you talked about jesus already how jesus is still like a part of your of your life and uh, just looks kind of differently than it used to look in the past, but kind of more specifically, like how does Jesus play into your day-to-day -day life these days? Like, are you, do you, do you pray to Jesus on a regular basis? Do you talk with Jesus on a regular basis? Like how is that, how has your shift in theology shifted your relationship with him if it's shifted at all? Yeah. It's interesting. So G Jesus and the idea of Jesus, yeah. um, kind of saved saved my faith right not that mm -hmm. not that i had to stay in my faith right i want to make that clear because people yeah. don't and i think that sometimes is the most healing journey for, for some people um but that's kind of what kept me here um i love the idea of jesus like and this sort of, this idea of who he was as like a historical figure and some mm -hmm. of the things that we know about this historical figure yeah. um and so a lot of like the way that i feel like i interact with jesus is just sort of taking these like human characteristics right mm -hmm. that we read about um and trying to apply that to my own life mm -hmm. which i just think is so so powerful um and you know god to me feels like a little bit more foreign like you're sort of like yeah this sort of divine being like it's kind of weird right when mm -hmm. you think about it but <laughs> jesus is tangible i'm like jesus this is somebody who like lived and breathed and yeah. you know what i mean these are the things that jesus did 
um, which is really helpful for me. So I am not, I don't know if I would say that I pray sort of in like your typical way. It's a mm -hmm. lot of like begging and pleading with the air <laughs> right? <laughs> for like peace, you know right. what I mean? Or strength or like yeah. those types of things. Um, so it's kind of this like frantic, like help, you know, mm -hmm. like a lot of times, which to me has also been really healing, right? Just saying like, okay, I need you. I need you. I need you. I'm not expecting anything, but just give me some sort of something, some sort of peace, some sort of whatever. Um, but it's interesting when you go from a like theology, right? That Jesus sort of like the center of everything. Jesus died for our sins and yeah. all of these things. I, you know, I have a lot of unanswered questions about Jesus that I'm fine with. I'm just kind of like leaving in the background. Um, but what I do know about Jesus, what I have learned about Jesus, right? Is that these characteristic that he, characteristics that he had were very human and also like very, very honorable and admirable. And that Jesus was persecuted by the church, right? And mm -hmm. there's a piece of that that I think can be a really powerful learning tool as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like Jesus was persecuted and killed, yeah. you know? And it doesn't necessarily have to be to save me from hell, mm -hmm. right? Like there can still be sort of this like hope in Jesus because of the way that he lived and died. And it can still be really powerful because I feel like one of the top questions that I get um, about Jesus and about hell is this idea of like, well, then wh wh who needs Jesus then if there's no hell? Yep. Like who needs Jesus? What's the I'm point? Like, well, right. I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> right. Like I sure do. Right. And I think when you kind of switch the way that you're thinking about things, um, anything can make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. So the way that I've shifted some of my thinking patterns um, has made Jesus more tangible and um a little bit more um like gentle like you kind mm -hmm. of see jesus as sort of this like just this like guy that was just like doing his best you know mm -hmm. what i mean and um really valued like emotional his own emotional health right just as much as he valued like the, the healing and safety of others mm -hmm. um and spent time in meditation and spent time like pushing back against some of the things of like the cultures of those de that day that were not okay right yeah. like just these really like tangible things that we can all be doing, which is just like this really wonderful example. So I think more often than not, I really do. I'm like, what would Jesus do? Like, you know, those bracelets that we had, like, right? Really, like, what would he do, right? But like, literally, what would Jesus do, right? Yeah. Like, um, and what would Jesus care about? Would Jesus yeah. care about purity culture? No, yeah. no. Like, why are we wasting our time on that? You know what I mean? Like, just there's things that I feel like, you know, um, so yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a long question, but being okay with with not having answers about everything is like huge for me because there's a lot of stuff that I don't know and I'm never going to know and I don't need to argue about it on Facebook with people I don't know. So You mean you don't like to do that? That's not... no. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't love I, it. But I I love I love though that you you're you're making it's like making Jesus more human because I think you could probably speak for yourself on this, but for me it was like growing up Jesus was he was God. He was human, of course, but he was God and he came like to show us all the things that were not, you know, like in, yeah. when you look at Jesus, you see all the ways you don't measure up and therefore, you know, all the places you're falling short and all the things you have to repent of. And Jesus was just like this unattainable figure that I could never, ever, ever mm. like measure up to. But the way you just described it, it's almost like 
putting Jesus on the same playing field as myself. Yeah. Like you said, like he's a, he was a guy doing the best that he could. And the way that I've been trying to talk to Jordan, my, our daughter about it, because we, we try to talk to her about Jesus and stuff too, even though we don't really talk to her about the Bible is that like everybody was created in the image of God. Like we were all created good and, and perfect. And, you know, these wonderful little divine beings, but you know, we go through life and we pick up baggage and we make mistakes and we forget who we are. You know, we respond out of hatred instead of love and we respond out of bitterness and of forgiveness. And, you know, God kind of send Jesus to, sh- to remind us, you know, of who we really are. So when we look at Jesus, we're like, oh yeah, like that's who I am. And it kind of in- encourages us or pushes us, you know, to be more like him. And I think that like, when you look at him, if you put that humanity back on Jesus, I think that's, that changes the whole game. Totally. Yeah. All right. So what about the Bible? Let's talk about the Bible for a second, because the Bible is, I don't know, like there's some people who, who deconstruct and they're asking questions and they just throw the whole Bible away. Like I can't read this anymore. And I did that for a while for like six months. I didn't read the Bible because I was like, I can't pick this thing up and read it in any other way than the way that I was taught to read it. Like it's just too, too much for me. And so I put it away and some people put it away. They never go back to it. Some people continue to read it every day, like have their own devotions kind of thing, but look at it through like a different light. Like where does the Bible fit into your life on a regular basis? I know you said you don't talk to your your kids about it. Mm-hmm. Do you still talk about it to yourself? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty out on the Bible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the idea of the Bible. I yeah. do. I really love it. Um, you know, I don't know. You've probably read Inspired by Rachel Held Evans. Yeah. Um, great book, yeah. like really speaks to me. Right. So I mm-hmm. love this idea of the Bible. Um, and I actually am like working on some children's books about the Bible. Oh, cool. <laughs> Um, so I, I do love the idea of it, reading it for myself in the ways that I used to read the Bible is incredibly triggering for me. Um, I mean, I remember like being probably like 15 years old on my bed, like ripping through the Bible, trying to find verses that were going to tell me that I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I still have my Bible that I had like from the, you know, during that time. And it's sad. It's very sad for me. So Mm -hmm. reading the Bible myself is I'm not ready for that. Um, so I have a study Bible. I have a Bible. I have them like they're on my shelf. They're kind of hanging out there. You Mm -hmm. know, they're like, Hey, you can open me if you want, or you don't have to. Um, so I would love to get to a place where I can read the Bible again, because Mm -hmm. I just really think it's just this beautiful, amazing, um, just collection of stories and wonderings and sadness and joy. Like it really is this like beautiful cultural picture, mm-hmm. you know, of so much. And so I love the idea of it, but I also need to like respect and honor my own boundaries and say, listen, like I'm not there mm-hmm. right now. I'm just not. So that's kind of where I am on the Bible. Um, you know, I don't mind talking about it. And mm. again, I think there's like some really beautiful things to be taken out of like, you know, who Jesus is and what we are learning about Jesus from the Bible. And so those are things that I want to kind of like give to my children in mm. a very like age appropriate, helpful way. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not reading the Bible right now. And I don't I don't have an interest in doing that right now. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, and I think it's important for people to hear that because a lot of times that approach can carry with it, I think, a lot of guilt for people mm-hmm. because you were taught your whole life that the Bible is the, you know, the word of God and it's this 
this divine, it's like the fourth member of the Trinity. <laughs> you know, for some people, it's like the third because they don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. So it's like the Bible is like this tangible thing that you can look at and you can read and, you know, it's God speaking to you. And so I think when you start to rethink things, you know, for me, there was like a lot of guilt to put that away. Like I put it on my shelf, like I said, for like six months. Mm -hmm. And so many times I wanted to go back to it, not because I wanted to, but because I felt like I had to, because I'm like, oh my right. goodness, like I haven't read my Bible in a month. And so, you know, it's what's, what does that mean about my faith? Like, is my faith crumbling? You know, what does it mean? But I think that once I put the Bible away, maybe you, you maybe you're getting this sense too. I don't know, but it was almost like I started to hear God's voice in other ways. Like I felt mm -hmm. like I was able to sense God more in my spouse, able to sense God more speaking to me through my own child or through nature, whatever, when I wasn't always having my head in a book. Yeah, I feel like God kind of finds this way mm -hmm. of, you know, finding us, really, you know, and that sounds a little <laughs> creepy, but he just kind of finds this way of seeping into our, just our regular life. And sometimes yeah. I think when we're so set on like finding our faith in these very specific ways, right, like church or the Bible, and yep. like, there's nothing wrong with that if that's yep. where you are in your journey, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're so set on that, we do, we miss these like other places and we miss kind of like this daily journey that we have that you know, the Holy Spirit sort of seeps into. Yeah. And so I really agree with you. I think there's been so much healing in me, like, you know, for me in leaving the church, not reading my Bible, you know, just kind of starting from the be very beginning and saying to myself, okay, what do I want my faith to look like? Mm -hmm. How does God speak to me? Yeah. And what feels good for me, right? And digging up trauma by reading my Bible, I don't think that God wants that for me at all, Yeah. right? So just being able to trust that like God is good and faithful and loving and that I can make decisions based on what I feel like I need and that is good and okay. Yeah. But I never had like you never have that message, you know, and um so it's it's a hard journey but like it's it that's huge and really really important. Being able to say like what do I want? What do I need? What feels good for me? And then being able to have faith that God is okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So last question for you. What was one of the, what's one of the bigger things that was hard for you to rethink? Like, was there a particular topic, a particular doctrine, a particular theology, a particular thing that like you wrestled with maybe more than any of the others? And then what were some resources that helped you? And I asked that because there, there's a lot of people who reach out to me who said like, I'm really hung up on, this i'm really hung up on that like i feel like i need to have an answer for uh you know what to do with this particular topic and so i'm wondering if you could just share like a piece of what that has looked like for you in hopes that it would help somebody listening yeah the biggest thing for me has been this idea of you know god healing or not healing right mm -hmm. or god saving us from hardship or not saving us from hardship and what that looks like um and that for me has been really scary. And I sometimes will say, like, I have a group of friends, we're in a book club together. We talk a lot about deconstructing stuff. And sometimes I'll just send a text and I'll say, I really wish I could just pray to God and believe that he was going to take this away from me. Because there were for so long, there was that, that sort of right? illusion of control, right? Where you were yeah. like, oh, I'll pray and God will take it away from me if he feels like he should. And there's just the illusion of control. Yeah. But now things, hard things happen. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of sitting in it and which is very uncomfortable um and that's been really difficult for me that's probably been like the biggest like theological shift um mm -hmm. that i i struggle with still i think daily you know or at least weekly um 
what do I do with pain? And where is God in my pain, if mm. not there to save me from it? Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's something to be said about the peace that passes understanding. I have yep. felt that in like really intense moments of my life where I'm like, I should not be okay. And yet mm. I feel this sense of peace. But coming to terms with the fact that like we are going to suffer in life and God isn't going to save us from suffering sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like it really sucks, you know, yeah. like, wow, we could really struggle our entire lives with certain things and, um, you know, have moments, right? Moments where someone shows up with coffee or there's like these sort of glimpses and beautiful moments where I feel God's presence, but it's not like this guy riding in on like a white horse to like slay the enemies like that's just not what it looks like but that was the story that i got um one of the books that was hugely helpful for me um was god camp by thomas ord mm. um because just he offers kind of this like other perspective of like okay like what if god really like maybe can't do some of the things that we mm. thought he could and not because he's not powerful but because he is, you know, like, so you gotta read it, you gotta read it, yeah. you gotta read it. Um, yeah. you know, but it was very helpful for me mm -hmm. because I, I only knew one perspective. And so I just yeah. wasn't really able to make sense of how it could be any other way. And so just having that to lean into was, was helpful, but that's definitely been the biggest one for me. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm hearing you correctly, you're, you're saying that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying that you, like, this is an ongoing thing. It's not like something that you dug into one night and you figured it out after you you read a book like it's an ongoing process and sometimes you need to learn to sit in the discomfort of it and yeah. get to a point where you almost like i think befriend the discomfort like it just becomes part of your experience as you're thinking through these things is that correct yeah yeah and i think i mean i think it's something that i'm going to do I mean this is my entire life I think right yeah. like my entire life you're gonna have no. these scenarios that pop up that you're like I don't know like how to do this and yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna survive this right like no. so we're gonna have these our entire life um so you know kind of one day I was like all right well I better like start getting used to navigating this because this is life right yeah. um yeah. and there's something really empowering about that I think you know no one wants to suffer but there's something yeah. really empowering about saying okay we are we're gonna suffer that's what yeah. happens in life, yeah. right? And there's no way to avoid suffering. No one's been able to do it as of yet that I know of. Yeah. So how do we navigate it? And what do we do with it? Um, but I, I mean, I think I battle it. I battle it often, you know, yeah. I really do. And I think for people who have mental health struggles, especially, um, you know, you, you really, you really want an answer and you really yeah. want a fix right yeah. and um so it can be hard to to realize that that might not be true you know and yeah. i mean people for any kind of chronic health issues or any you know any kind of pain that you're in it's like you just want an answer you want something to be fixed yeah and i think it, it you know i know for me like i i miss there's part of me that misses that that initial kind of gut reaction to go right to prayer because yeah. i'm gonna go to my knees and i'm gonna i'm gonna pray this out and i'm gonna storm the gates of heaven with my prayers and I'm going to keep on pounding on those gates and eventually you know the gate will will open and things will get better and like I remember when like I no longer when I started to like shift my thinking that I'm like well now what now what do I do like if I don't have if that's not my first reaction like if I'm really going to believe that I don't know if this if God can do those kind of things and like now what do I do and there was there was that like I really missed that that comfort but at the same time 
to your point, there was like, there was a part of the discomfort that almost felt comforting because it felt like, well, this is humanity. This is life. Right. And like, we're all in this together. Like we're all experiencing the same thing. And maybe instead of God, you know, storming in to make it all better, maybe God's just sitting here with me in my pain and I'm not alone. And there's something comforting about that. Yeah. I, I've shifted the way that I pray. I think, you know, when I I pray, if we're calling it that, um, and it's a lot more like, help me do this instead of like, do this for me. You know, it's a lot of like, Hey, um, I'm really struggling. Like I need some sort of like direction. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I don't know, I don't know what that means. Right. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of scientific research out there, you know, that talks a lot about like energy shifts and right. Like there might be something to good vibes, you know, Mm -hmm. and like how we're kind of transferring energy to each other. But I just, I do a lot of like, just praying for, for, you know, shift in brain, you know, brain neurons, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like I, you know, I have a friend who just had surgery yesterday and is just like in a lot of pain and praying like peace over her. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I, sometimes I just breathe for other people. I just sit in my bed and I just breathe in and out in the direction of someone's being. Right. So there's sort of like little like meditative tools that I do that, um, in many ways prayer right it just looks so different from how it used to be and i don't know if it changes anything but i know that it gives me a sense of connection to god and myself and other people and that can't be wrong yeah so. amen to that <laughs> amen to that well hey we're just about out of time but this has been a lot of fun uh thank you for taking the time to join me uh thank you for your work and thanks for everything you do yeah thanks for having me love it yeah and uh, real quick where uh you know i'll put your link to your podcast in the show notes but where can people go online to interact with you and anything that you're putting out there yeah um i'm on instagram liz ends petters the deconstructive mama and um on facebook as the same um my website is elizabethpetters.com um but yeah i'm mostly on facebook and instagram it's where i can quickly post my thoughts and feelings while my kids are hanging all over me so you can find me <laughs> on there the go. <laughs> <laughs> on the go on the go like quick let me get this idea out yeah exactly awesome i'll put the links in the show notes and maybe we'll do it again sometime yeah love it thanks thanks liz i've been busy searching for you yeah trying to figure out if it's true true don't think that i've been played by a fool yeah this mind don't buy, don't play by the rules I'm gon' make sure that I play my cards right Intuition gave me signs that everything is alright Alright Contemplating on my moves, I'm in a fight Under pressure, feel the walls, I'm moving in, it's getting tight getting tight. The shuffle getting real. real, I hope it lives on something good I'm all in for the kill, kill. sometimes kill. it's getting kinda scary I'm here for the thrill, decisions on top of decisions Like I chose a pill, the bottle getting kinda empty Temptations made us presence in the air, it's kinda tempting Shortcuts out the question, but it got on my attention Uh-oh, and I forgot, but did I mention Looks like I won the game, made my decision I listen I've been busy searching for you, yeah Trying to figure out if it's true, true Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah This mind don't buy, no play by the rules, no Captain on the low Gotta let it flow Gotta let it go, yeah. On to something new, yeah. Trying to play cool, quit with all the tools, yeah. Maybe you're my calling like I'm on flight at 28. Manifesting everything I take, it's not too late. Running to my purpose like I'm rushing to the gate. 
Yes, it's in my planning and it's also with my faith. At the end of the day, and we gon' find a way. It's a fact of the price that we pay. Everything shine to the gray. Nothing gon' break through the shade. Nothing gon' break through the hate. Everything all that we claim. Hit the red dot that I aim. No missing, I'm focused. No slipping, I'm growing. No talking, just showing. No stopping, keep going. Yeah, I'm just trying to break codes. Ain't nobody I owe. This the life that I chose. And I'm blessed for it. I've been busy searching for you, yeah. Trying to figure out if it's true, true. Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah. Just mind don't mind, don't play by the rules, no. Captain on the low, gotta let it flow, gotta let it go, yeah. On to something new, trying to play it cool, quit with all the tools. <laughs>